you get hot Welcome to the newest episode of the Rosales Patty Cast, episode 18. I'm your host, Adrian Rosati. It is a beautiful Monday holiday weekend. Happy Family Day. If you are listening to this tonight, it'll probably be late, late tonight, so I um, expect it to be on Tuesday when most of you are listening to this. Happy Family Day to all you Canadians, and I think it's President's Day in the U.S. or something like that. Some dumb holiday to compensate for Americans. Um, and that obviously is not my audio. That is Bad Boys by Inner Circle from Cops. Great track. Love listening to it when I'm about to ring guys up for an amazing little uh, penalty over there. I just get bad boys, bad boys. Anyways, enough of that. It's been a wild weekend. Whew. Been on my toes for most of the weekend. Um, with midterms and this and that and Valentine's Day and all this stuff uh, that I've done in the last few days. Um, it's just been insane. Um, came back from the Ice Dogs game um, last last night um, or la- uh, yesterday afternoon. Big stories now when you get into the dog watch later in the show. But now we get into... The theme of today's podcast, which is the suspensions that have been handed out recently. I believe there was also a Thornton ban or some sort of ban um, as well. But the two main ones are the Zach Cassian kick for seven games and the Evander Kane elbow for seven games. So I'm going to watch it. Um, I did watch it before this and it's been mass media everywhere. Um, but let's just watch it. This is from uh, Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Uh, I'm just going to watch it and analyze the play because I do not have a video component yet. Um, just explain yeah. it from a uh, referee's perspective. And uh, that's an ad, which I did not expect. I thought I would have them loaded from before. But ads have been hitting me everywhere. Anyways, here it is. So Cassian gets tangled up with a player. I don't know who. And it's Chernak. And then, so I just missed it. Um, so what happened is they're like on the boards towards blue line. Chernak comes in, right? He's tangled up. He's just holding him down, and Cassian comes up and kicks him. And then the puck goes into the corner of the side that they're on, and then he comes back on the far side from the thing. So if you look back into it, Cassian's holding Chernak a little bit and brings him down. So Ka- Cassian initiates contact, and then he elects to put his foot up. I believe that's Archibald. Yeah, Archibald's his teammate that he's over. And he talks to Charnak. And he's not happy after this. Now, I have a lot of analysis for this um, in regards to just being an official and seeing this from an officiating point of view. I have nothing against the Oilers, nothing against Tampa Bay. Like, nothing for Tampa Bay. I mean, they're the team in the Atlantic that I hate. But the refs fucked this up, and so did player safety. I don't see how you could give only seven games for this type of play. Now, if you look at it, um, I'm not going to like watch a video again and just wait for 50 seconds of audio because I don't own the audio and I don't want to get copyright striked, even though I probably won't because it's really small right now. But if you see this, so in the four-man system, they have, in the four-official system, the ones that the NHL has, they got the referee, they got two referees, two linesmen. Now, they have the referee... So across from each other diagonally and the linesman 
are diagonal until they break out and all this yada yada yada. But the main focus here is the referee. Now the referee is in the corner of the puck on the opposite side of where it occurred. So he's in he's in the corner if you watch a video. Um, I highly recommend that you watch a video either now if you're at home or uh, when you get back um, or have time to. The referee is right in the corner, right below the blue line right there. I'm going to put the audio off because you already listened to it. And then he moves up. Now when the puck is below the net, that referee is supposed to be looking at the puck. Now that means that the official, the other referee, um, is on his side. Because only him and only the two referees with the orange bands can call penalties. Now if you look at this play, see the puck is coming and then you see the adjustment. Now they put it back to the Trinac stuff. But when the play initiates with Cassian, you see, I don't know who the referee is, but you see the referee looking directly at the play of Cassian. Now the puck moves, so the referee that's in the zone, his main focus is the puck and in front of the net because he can best see that puck. Now he moves to look at about half piston at the blue line. Uh, Half piston is about just at the bottom of the circle in between um, the with the circle close to the net trying to get his gauge on the puck because he needs to give it an assist if there's a goal now the lines is probably backed up but or the referee's probably backed up but he's coming back to the he's coming back to that side to come closer to play as the play moves inward which is what which is what it does and there's no way he sees not a kick the linesman, number 83, don't know who the linesman is, um, is literally there, sees the infraction happen, and then goes back to the blue line to cover his line, is what we call it. He wants to go back to the blue line in case there's a play at the blue line. Now, in minor hockey, and I don't know if this is in the NHL because I don't watch it, I'm just going to close the tab because we're done with Cassian, um, is, is the fact that the linesman can call majors and tell the referees to report it. Now, on this play, Cassian does not get a penalty. I looked at the game sheet. He doesn't get a penalty for anything. He does not get a penalty for the kick. Um, the video shows he's still in the game, right? Good Canadian kid from Windsor. Do not like this play. And if I'm in here and I see someone kick it, he goes in the interview, whatever, says yada, 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 fucking, you know... I did it. He was holding me down or whatever. It was just reactionary. You don't need to kick him to the chest. You, okay, I get it in a situation where you have a shoe, right? Where you're at the bar. You kick someone to the chest. They're probably harassing you at the bar or trying to fight you. You do that with a blade on your foot. Now, you have to look at this in this perspective that you're the player who is getting the blade to the chest. Now, an an official that I've worked with that's really high up, who's done a lot of hockey, like midget hockey, so he sees a lot of dirty stuff, has told me, if you're a player, call it, uh, only call penalties, don't call stupid penalties, because I kind of like to call everything by the book, and I've readjusted now, I used to like to call everything by the book standard, if he hooks him a little bit, it's a hook, whatever, but I've changed it, and now this guy... Obviously, he kicks him to the chest. I don't know how any official doesn't see this because there's no discipline on the play. Like I said, there's no penalty. And then George Peros proceeds to only give Cassian seven games. If George Peros is in that, right? If George Peros 
play is when he played. He was a rough player, and this is why he's a part of player safety because he sees the rough shit in the game and catches it. Thank God they caught this because they have missed a lot of really bad stuff in the past. You give Rafi Torres forty-one games for a check to the head in which he absolutely annihilates the guy. Yes, Chernak's not hurt on this play, but it's a blade to the chest. You let the players option if they can wear a neck guard or not right in the nhl you can wear choose to not wear a neck guard it's not like the omha or the gthl which most of you ontario people are familiar with and i don't know about any american leagues if you're allowed if you have to wear it or not but you're not telling me that that's a dangerous play there have been multiple instances where a player has got skates to the neck if you didn't if you put more games on the suspension than seven possibly 12 is what i've heard from watching sportsnet and i've seen a lot of podcasts who have talked about the cassian kick and whatnot because i have my own formulated opinion on this and my opinion was always to give more games anyways but i want to see what the experts the guys who watch the hockey all the time are saying and they were saying 12 games if you're only giving seven games for this what's stopping a Milan Lucic from kicking someone in the chest and only getting seven games that he doesn't like and potentially injuring him or kicking him higher. And only, you know, he's like, I'm only going to get seven games. I'm only going to get seven games. Yeah, Cassian I do, has a rough history and his grit side is the way that he plays hockey. And he's been in the Oilers organization for quite a while now. But you can't tell me that that's not called. Um, it's just an blatant abuse by the officials. NHL, the NHL has to come together at these general manager meetings and all the stuff that they run and say this. If it's not called in the game, and the referee could have called it, which in that case, the referee could have called it, it like the, there should be a referee on that play, and there's no other altercations, like it's not behind the play, it's clear sight that an official went up to them and told them to knock it off, right? Or something of that matter. Then, honestly, call the fucking penalty. And you can only, as player safety, you can only judge stuff like this. So I don't mind player safety stepping in on this scenario. Because a penalty was not called on the play, something that should have been called, you can step in. Now, if you can't see the play because there's a fight and like something shitty happens behind the play, then and it's not called, then, I mean, yeah, call it. But don't be as disciplinary with it. Cassian wasn't called. I guess you can give seven games under that demeanor. But this is something that shouldn't have been called. And this is an exception. Anything that was with the skate, that's either a, a kick like that, or even if it's, a, if it's a kick, like to the legs, and he takes up the legs like a slew foot type thing, where he kicks towards the, his legs and takes them out with like the boot of the blade, and it's dangerous and he hits his head really hard. I'm okay with five or six games. Even seven. But if you're going with the blade, the minimum's got to start at 10. You know what I mean? I've, seen, I've heard the joke. Um, that, you know, the NHL can, player safety is always a guess. But... This has to have some standardization to it. And this, if it doesn't receive enough backlash yet, this has to get backlash from it. It has to get some backlash because if 
there's no backlash from this thing, then players are going to continue to do it, and you're not teaching that they'll get suspended, they'll get supplementary discipline, yada, yada, yada. And then they're just going to keep continuing to do it. You're going to see it with the gritty players, like I mentioned, like Lucic, and it's not going to change. But this should be something, a learning point for the NHL. You don't see it a lot. I haven't heard about any kicks for quite a while. You've seen, already this year, you've seen someone get stomped on. I forget who's, who is the one who stomped on him with the blade. You see the kick. This has got to be something that's nipped in the ass by the NHL. And this has got to be a learning point that either you get a third party to do it, or you get someone else sent to it. So that was the Cassian one. Um, that I wanted to talk into it. And now I have the NHL player safety one uh, posted by Puck Daily on YouTube. Um, not my own content again with the explanation for the hit on the Evander Kane. Friday night in Winnipeg, Sharks forward Evander Kane was penalized for elbowing Jets defenseman Neil Pionk. As the video shows, Pionk is defending the front of the net as a shot comes in from the point. The puck moves to the corner and Pionk collects it looking to make a play, with Kane moving in to challenge Seeing nothing available up the wall, Pionk moves to reverse the puck behind the net to a teammate. Just after he releases the puck, Kane raises his arm, extends his elbow, and drives it with force into Pionk's head, knocking Pionk to the ice. This is elbowing. It is important to note that players often hold their arms in front of their chest when delivering a hit, in order to ensure that their chest does not absorb the full impact of the hit. It is common to see players deliver legal full body checks. And all that stuff about legal full body checks. But let's get into the reason, the key points of it. Because that's the key points are the most important part. I, want to take two, I don't want to take two minutes to go over this video. Combined with the force of the hit. To summarize, this is elbowing. Kane has been suspended three times previously in his 703 game NHL career in addition to being fined for elbowing in December of 2019. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Evander Kane for three games. So you go to that, so they say how he has a history, he's been fined, yada yada yada, whatever political bullshit they want to talk about. But you talk, you see the hit. So Kane comes from above the like, top of the circle, as they point out in the video. Um, again, not my content. And Pionk gets the puck into the corner. Now you see Kane line him up and raise the elbow. This is a case where I looked at the game sheet. Kane did get a minor for elbowing. The way I see that Kane could have avoided the hit, but it doesn't look like it's necessarily too late. And it looks like he was trying to get it. Now I see what they're trying to do with all the head hits and all the concussions lately. However, three games is a little stiff for me. You know what I mean? Kane was able to stay in the game and get, um, get like back into the game after. So why are you going to suspend him for more than a game? You know what I mean? When you look, when you think about it again, in a minor hockey example, again, probably about half the games, um, of an NHL season almost, or just under half, you look at stuff that's a minor, like checking from behind the stuff like that, that are about a game. I don't care if this guy has history. Fines don't mean shit to me when it comes to this stuff. Kane's making a lot of money. Now, I don't have his pay clip. I think Cassian is making two or something like that. Um, so five grand to him is nothing or 25 grand or whatever. Nothing over under 
30 G's is a lot of money to him. So you can't really put that bargain for me. Now, they gave him a minor. And like I said, with the checking from behind, the elbow is vicious. And Caden goes out to tweet on Twitter about yada, yada, yada. He's mad about the Pion kit uh, being three games and how it's a joke and how everything's a guess, which has been the main topic in hockey and podcasting and stories. Is all, always, it's always been suspensions. Um, as of the last week or so, it's been just suspensions. Um, and it's been a problem with Paros for at least a year now. You go back to the Chuck and Cassian drama and all this stuff um, that's been centralized about the NHL. Um, honestly, I don't mind the call. I don't mind the elbowing call. It's something I would have called. You look at the game summary, and he does only get a minor. Um, he gets a minor for interference before in the game, and then he gets the elbowing. But he doesn't get an ejection penalty. So... You're telling me already from that hit that he's not getting ejected for the head hit, right? The thing is they're trying to get a hit to the head. Now, I'm pretty sure that the NHL um, doesn't get... um, Oh, my God, that's dumb. Doesn't get, you know, head contact as a penalty, but they do see their main penalties for hits to the head and whatnot. Like the high sticks and whatever. But you gotta... You just gotta tell me that that's a joke. I mean, if you're not gonna give him a game misconduct, if you're gonna keep him in the game still, it wasn't even that important. Um, It wasn't that important for him to get suspended for more than three games. He has a history, yada, yada, yada. Everyone's taking a side on this one. It's kind of a shit call. Um... And I would get mad if I were him. And he has every right to be mad for being suspended and not getting game misconduct. If you want to get um, if you want to get the guys to nip it in the ass, I say that you give elbowing with head contact, which is punishable by a minor double and game misconduct like they do kind of in the NHL or in, in uh, Dome Che with um, the head contact or the checking from behind rule. And... Get them kicked out of the game. Because if you don't kick them out of the game, and it's not like a Rafi Torres charge, if it's not a five-minute in the National Hockey League, I don't care if it's a head hit and it's dangerous. You see it to Chuck, and you see all these guys get under people's skin, and you see head hits all the time. The NHL has to stop being a pussy. You have to catch... I shouldn't say that. But they have to stop with the whole, this is, you know... This is this. This is this. No. It's not black and white anymore, apparently, the way you're calling it. It's gray. It's gray. It's seven games. It's three games. It's one game. It's two games. It's four games. You don't know. You either get a standardized supplementary discipline thing in place. You get the penalties to appeal so that you get... So it makes sense to what is being handed out. Or you just let it go and talk to the player. Give the player a warning, which I guess they have, but not more than a game. I'm kind of disappointed that's more than two games, to be honest with you. Two games I wouldn't be mad about, but two more than two games is just too much. Um, even though it's only one game more, I think it's stupid. And now Kane's got to set three more games um, for that type of hit. In a game where it wasn't like, it wasn't malicious, he just... 
he just had a contact with the head as the main point of contact, which I mean essentially is what they're trying to nip in the ass. But I don't know. It's not a not a very good call in my uh, limited knowledge of this of uh, hockey um, with my minor experience. But I don't know. Anyways, um, big story just coming out now. Um, and that's all I'll say on the suspensions, uh, which is like eighteen minutes long. Um, but we'll get into um, the Toffoli trade. Uh, there was just a trade that went in just an hour ago. Toffoli's traded to the Canucks by the Kings. So the the Kings give up another key piece from their 2013. Uh, Kyle Clifford, Jack Campbell was kind of like a eh part, not really a big part. Uh, but you have Toffoli now traded. You had Williams traded a few years ago um, to Washington. Uh Toffoli got traded to the Kings for Schaller, Tyler Madden, and a twenty and two twenty uh two picks, a twenty 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 or a twenty twenty uh conditional and a twenty twenty two NHL draft pick. Toffoli's a rental, he's gonna be an unrestricted free agent, but I don't think he's gonna sign in Vancouver. And it's just a rough situation for him. Um, Because I think he's an excellent player, and they have young guys like Akil Thomas in the system, um, playing in minor, uh, probably going to be playing in the American League team. um, And they have a lot of uh, other good prospects that I can't really name. You gave away Kovalchuk to uh, to the Canadians. You got picks for that. You got lots of picks. There's no really need to move him. But again, it is what it is, I guess, sometimes. And that's what they're going to do about it. The Foley's kind of having an off year. 34 points with 18 goals and 16 assists. So not bad in 58 games, but definitely an off year. He's got 515 career games played, so he's halfway to 1,000. He's been in the league since 2010. He's going to do a lot of good things in a team like Vancouver. He's coming off a hot streak, too. I mean, he's got four points. A hat trick against Colorado two nights ago on Saturday. And almost a week ago, or five days ago, he had a goal against Calgary. So he's got four goals in his last two games. And you trade him. I don't know what LA is trying to do here except tank, which... It's really no secret to anyone anyways. But, I mean, you got to really just change up, you know, most of the stuff. This is insane. So, oh, this is because it's just LA score. That makes a lot of sense. Never mind. I was on the LA page when I went to Foley's page. But a huge trade for Vancouver, and they're getting better. And they're already at the top of their... um, the standings, uh, I think they're at the top of their division or second spot. They are insane. Um, really excited to see uh, how they're going to end up um, with it and everything. The playoff format, uh, oh, and they just talks about it. I thought they would have like a bracket already, and tie-breaking is obviously ROWs are number one. Um, but, yeah, no, they got that. Um, Washington's on top of the Metro. That's not important. Toronto's still sitting up nice, but Florida did win today, so that's a fucking bummer. 
And Vancouver's third, so but they're only a point back, and they got two games in hand on Vegas, so they are basically en route of taking that spot. The Foley will be a nice addition for them. Um, and wow, they're tied with. They're just a point back of Edmonton based on loser points. That's insane. Um, but yeah, no, Vancouver's got a good piece, and they will make a very strong playoff push this year. They're really underrated because they've been a bad team for so many years and no one really knows what to say of them. But honestly, um, it's just insane. Uh, they're going to get better and in a very tight Pacific Division, which has been the race. It was like the Atlantic last year was the race. This year it's the Pacific and the Atlantic's not even close except those wild card spots that everyone's fighting for. But it's held by the Metro right now. So that third spot in the division for the Atlantic is going to be huge. Florida 5-3 over San Jose. They have 5-3 over San Jose today. They have Vander Kane. It might not be 5-3 for Florida. But that's just me. Anyways, let's move on to Leafs news. Uh, Of course, big fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Love the Toronto Maple Leafs until the day I die. But... I might die soon, so it's not going to be long. (laughs) Anyways, that's enough about that. Let's get into um, the acquisition, or the last game. So they lose 5-2 to Buffalo. Fucking last night, the piece of shit they are after winning 4-3 against Ottawa and having a good run for Jack Campbell. And you gave Anderson the night off after a really hard, hard start. Jack Campbell's on fire. He's 3-0-1 as a Leaf starter, 285, and a 919 save percentage. You got a home and home versus Pittsburgh, and who really should be starting that? Now you have a lot of energy. Uh, you you know you have a lot of guys and a lot of injuries as well, though. And you know honestly, honestly for me, just thinking about it, it's got to be Jack Campbell. And that's just based on the fact that Jack Campbell's got to start at least the first one. You know, Anderson's been playing hurt. He just came back. There's no need to rush him back. Jack Campbell's played excellent. He's had a few blips. He's given up more goals than he won in some of the games, but he's got the win. And he's got the confidence of the guys in front of him. And Cliff's been a good addition to this team. I think Jack Campbell, honestly, should play both. And it's an... It's it's an... It's like an uh, unpopular opinion because you see that, like, with all the guys, um, you know, all these hockey guys are like, you know, you got to play different goalies on back-to-back nights or whatever. You got to break in between. It's not necessarily a back-to-back. Just use the same guy. They're using Jari for both for Pittsburgh. I would hope that they use Jack Campbell for both against Pitt, uh, Pitt, uh, for Pittsburgh. using Jari against the Leafs, probably for both. I think that you got to use Campbell for both for Toronto. Um, just on the sole fact that uh, he's been fucking killing it. And Anderson does not look okay. Like, five goals against Buffalo does not seem like a typical Anderson night. He's been really streaky lately. And there's no, I'm not blaming Freddie for the losses. I'm just th- saying he's overworked. He's been excellent as Leaf this year. And he needs a break. He needs a break. If you don't give Anderson a break soon, you have finally a reliable backup goaltender. 
then you're going to burn him to shits, and the playoffs are going to be a joke. Jack Campbell has been behind quick for so long. He's done good in his starts. He hasn't lost as a Leaf. If he goes out there in the first game against Pittsburgh, he loses, fine. Put Anderson in. But try to put Jack Campbell in to start. And that's just based on the fact that, you know, Jack Campbell has been looking so well. And that there's nothing more to it. And Anderson's injuries have just been whatever. And the Leafs look like they can do it. They can beat Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, it's a home-and-home. Home. I mean, in Pittsburgh, they can win with Jack Campbell playing. I don't understand why they don't try it, but if they don't try it and Anderson loses, I'm going to really point fingers at, um, at Kyle Dubas and especially Sheldon Keith. I mean, you brought a new guy in, it's your guy, and you're going to ride Anderson the exact same way. you got to change it up. That's why you change up the coaches. That's why the general manager's on the hot seat right now, in my opinion. And Kyle Dubas won't last there much longer if, if things don't change. And if they don't change... The way that they have their goalies positioned, especially with a reliable goalie like Jack Campbell. You wave Hutchison again, which I haven't had a show since that. I was so excited when I saw that. I said bye-bye, and I'm not, I've am not. i always hated Hutchison um, since September. Um, not Last year, he was excellent. I didn't mind him. This year, I'm putting up a little bit of a wall here. It's not been good. Um and that's just what the moral of the story is. I mean, you got Morgan Riley out. And, you know, you got Morgan Riley out and, you know, Muzzin. Everyone, like, everyone's been out. There's been plagued with injuries, yes. But this is on Kyle Dubas now. This is on goaltender management. And if you don't manage your goalies properly, it's going to nip you in the ass. You're going to get hit bit hard in the ass. It's not going to be something that you're going to want to be a part of. It's just going to be an absolute shit show. And I think that if you don't if you don't start something now, it's going to be game over. Now, listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, um, honestly, you know, I've heard that there's a potential deal for Muzzin. And I'm a, my second team is the Kings, which is why I know the key pieces. And I'm glad that, you know, that... Um, that Clifford's on our team, but Muzzin is signed is signed for a rumored four year deal, um, starting March first. Hopefully, it's not overpaid. Um, it would be nice to not overpay it, but if they overpay, hopefully it's within two within a million. Because I like Muzzin on the back end. Muzzin is obviously a key piece for a very long time. Sorry, just got to deal with some, deal with the text real quick. <clears throat> Sorry, just I got to deal with that. Um really happy to deal with that. <laughs> just uh, a few texts, but anyways, Great guy. He's been doing great for our team, filling in and being a top D, which he shouldn't really be asked to fill in. But he's played excellent on the back end. He has made some mistakes, but 
all within good faith and this guy's here to stay. I can't wait um, to see um, Muzzin play. Um, for many more years to come in the future. Now that we're done with that, let's get into the Ice Dogs, who have lost in my favorite segment, the Dog Watch. So I've been really busy with uh, school and stuff, and this is reading week, so I'm back in Caledon, um, recording for you live with my Mammoth Mug, which has really been key. Not sponsored by Mammoth Mug. Would love to be sponsored by Mammoth Mug. Um, Love their stuff. I uh, can't speak enough to how much I've been drinking more water and being a lot healthier and I can feel it um, really helping me. Not a lot of sugar, um, just being a lot healthier. But anyways, let's get into it. So the Ice Dogs lose 12 straight. Um, and the, I went to the game yesterday before I came home and I was in the contest. I don't remember if I had mentioned on the podcast, but I was in a podcast or I was in the podcast. I was in the contest. That um, they asked me to be in on uh, the home opener uh, with a buddy of mine, and we went on the ice and shot a puck through the car. Seems easy enough from center line. Playing hockey for fourteen years, so I passed that. And then we go yesterday, and we have to shoot it closest to the center dot with the mascot bones there, and I fucked that hard. So I was going last. Um, before we get into the actual um, semantics of the game, I was going last. And it, a few guys had put it right through the mascot's legs, and it was right there on the other side. So we had to go at each to one face off down in the end zone and shoot to center ice or whatever. And there were two pucks that were really close to him and right in front of me. Just insane. And I tried to hit it really hard to hit theirs out and stop right near Bones, and I fucked it. But I got an official game puck. So now thanks to Spatty. I have the practice puck, and thanks to myself for yesterday fucking up, I have a game puck, which is insane. Uh, but into the game, last night it was not good, which is excellent. You know, we come from a team, like we, we talked about the fire sale and losing, and Spatty, I believe, talked um, on the fact that, um, you know, they told the uh, Ice Dogs t- season ticket holders that they were going to lose. So, excellent. They lost 7-1 to Sudbury last night. Kind of disappointed I didn't see Quinton Byfield, who I watched, I watched the... Because I have OHL Live, I did watch the game afterward, and they said that he was out with a broken wrist or, like, a sprained wrist or something like that. Something with his wrist. I don't know if it was broken or sprained, but it's basically the same shit. Um, but they were insane. Big fight by Landon Cato um, in the game. Landon Cato, something I did not expect... Um, from him, huge fight, excellent. Um, he went toe to toe, just one punch, bam. That was the highlight. Um, big game, or a big goal by Oliver Castleman uh, last night. I believe Castleman scored, if I can remember really well. Let's double check that because uh, we got time. Uh, even though it's ten o'clock local time here, I'm recording this really late at night. Uh, but luckily enough, my brother has a practice, so my dad's out and my mom doesn't care because I'm even though I'm loud she gets that she likes hearing my voice apparently this is the first um but uh let's get back into the game stuff not the semantic stuff and uh let me just double check oh sorry it was Jackson Doherty from Ryan Campbell that's right 
because I remember saying Doherty, but uh, again, great game by um, Kasselman last night. He played well. Um, exciting watching him play. He's a huge guy with a huge, um, huge, huge uh, heart. He loves playing for Niagara. I heard he was asked for uh, to get a trade, and he uh, did not want to. Um, he didn't want the trade, so he's really committed. Uh, next game for uh, is versus Flint on 7 p.m. So they'll be back in the dome. I won't be home uh, to watch them at the doghouse, but uh, it'll be insane. The place will be going insane and just crazy. Now Flint has had a really good year after having a really bad year last year. So they are going to be f- firing up. And uh, like the broadcast said, the Ice Dogs 12th game losing streak is a tie for franchise history or it might be the lead now that will probably extend for a little while longer as Kingston I, did Kingston win today I think King, Kingston has like a game in hand I gotta bring up the Ontario Hockey League again but um just insane out of the Ontario Hockey League just the point separating after this tank and Kingston who seems so far out of it no they did they did lose um the bearing today um it's just a point back as Peterborough has clinched as well. So Ottawa clinched really early. Peterborough has clinched now. Sudbury has yet to clinch because they have uh, their only second place in the East due to their division lead, but they still could get kicked out of the playoffs, I guess, because Oshawa is hot right now, and there's a bunch of different teams that are just insanely hot. Uh, but Sudbury is a threat. Um, they're only second because of their division lead and then everything else is whatever. Um, but the Ice Dogs, eighth, and Kingston hot on their tails. Um, everyone in the other, uh, both Kingston and North Bay, both from the um, Central. And so essentially, oh, so it, or sorry, Kingston is from the uh, East Division. So if Kingston does win, with their extra game in hand they have on the Ice Dogs, which I will double-check when they play. Flint just won 12-7 today against Sarnia. i got to watch that game next after I finish Kitchener and Hamilton, which I only watched like the first little bit of it. Um, but anyway, so Niagara plays Flint on Thursday. And Kingston, I will look at that. They have a game in hand, so if they win the game and Niagara loses, then they will be point up with a game in hand. Um, not really important exactly when they play, but Shane Wright is on a tear. I was just looking at it yesterday. The kid, the poor kid is just leading the team. In 50 games played, he's got 60 points. So that means he got two last night, I'm pretty sure, or two this afternoon. Uh, 34 goals already in his first season. He's 15 years old, playing with 20-year-olds. No way that when he is draft eligible in, I believe, 2022? Three years, three years from now. So 2023, he's 2023 draft eligible. He's picked first overall in the OHL draft. I have no doubt that he will be picked first overall in the National Hockey League draft if he continues his pace and doesn't get hurt. He's minus one, though, but he's just insane. Seems like a guy who's not taking a lot of penalties. He's only taking eight penalties. He's got eight power play goals, two shorthanded goals. Just insane. Even if you take away his eight power play goals, it's still pretty impressive. He's got 26 goals, 26 assists if you don't. Uh, his power play goes down those power play points. Doesn't say here, but insane. 
Well, I mean, if you take a shorty goals is 24, but it's still 48 and 50, which would be still really good for him in his first year because a lot of guys don't really take off in their first year. Um, and that's practically that. Um, but just insane. So Kingston's in the way and then Flint coming in on Thursday. Now we get into the all-star game last night in the National Basketball Association. The last thing, I will have a show um, later this week in a few days when things build up, especially as trade rumors. And I will have a Trade Center show on Monday. I'm hoping that if I do not get hold up with my um, personal affairs um, and I have to do some, well, I don't have to do some stuff. I really want to do some stuff with a few of my friends. Yeah. So that is a must. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, might have a trade center show depending on how I get how much work I get done this week and if I can afford to take an hour or so to analyze the trades as they come in. More of like a live show. It's going to be like a few hours, maybe two hours, and just analyzing the trades and the rumors I see on Twitter, uh, breaking them now, and then analyzing how that would affect both teams. But anyways, back to the National Basketball Association. Before we get off track, what a game. It was intense. So I got home late last night from the game um, in Niagara. It was an intense game. Man, I loved every second of it. I watched from like four minutes left in the third because I just had to eat food and so much stuff. Um, it's getting me hyped for a March Madness Bracket Challenge podcast. You saw, guys, uh, it's like a pickup. It's like a pickup game. It's not like it's not supposed to be intense, man. But, you know, Laurie was trying to drive the. Lowry is trying to drive the offensive fouls and trying to get him. Um, and you didn't see many offensive fouls getting called against him. He draws charges all the time. He was playing hard. Pascal Siakam looked good. Trey Young was moving the ball well. There's a lot of lob passes, playing good in the post. Just insane from both guys. And you just see how good these guys are. You see Anthony Davis work to the rim. They did the new thing this year in the fourth quarter where his target score is 157 instead of a timed fourth quarter. And it was just really um, amazing to see um, that the group of guys were able to rally together uh, around Kopi. Um, now the East wore 24, or sorry, the East. Gian- Giannis's team won wore 24, and I believe LeBron wore two. I don't remember why, I don't know why they wore two, but... It's something to do with Kobe, but I don't know exactly. Um, but just insane. What a game. Again, you know, I'm getting really hyped for the March Madness Bracket Challenge podcast, which I will have at the beginning of March. And I may be going down to Albany. I've talked about it. And if we do go down to Albany, we will be breaking down the games live from our hotel post-March Madness. Would be insane if I get down to Albany after a long day to break down a show. Um, from New York which would be insane because I'm Canadian born so to have an Albany um, Albany uh, podcast would be insane um, from something that's not Canada that would be insane bringing it on the road with us but again just an intense game everyone was looking like their best they had 300,000 donated to LeBron's charity with Anthony Davis the hometown guy of course getting the ball for the last bucket on the foul line just insane. Both guys were they were competing hard. They wanted to donate to their charities, and they made it worth something. Now you see the NHL do that with their All Star game a few weeks ago, where they 
put up, they've had this for like two, two, two or three years now, I think it was three, where they have the three-on-three competition. Uh, tw- me, if I remember correctly, I didn't watch it this year. It's two twenties run, or maybe it's three twenties run, and it's like an hour game, and then they have the the winning division gets a million dollars split among them, and then like the most valuable player gets a car or something like that, and now they have that where they can donate to charity. So everything donated from last night was to a good cause, and it was absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, grateful that LeBron James won for his charity. And I know Giannis was really wanting to win for a charity too, and it was a really close game. It was kept me on my toes every second long. Now, just before we close up the show, just in, um, in saying that's what all I want to talk about. There are many news stories I probably forgot, um, but I just want to get the big thing about the suspensions, which took most of the show, and the Leafs. I want to get a little snippet on them because I'm really upset with how they're playing right now. And now I can analyze the games more in depth. Um, Getting in the National Football League, there were uh, reports since our last show about Tom Brady in Indiana. Now, he has not not confirmed any of this, obviously. I don't think a move to the Colts would be the best for him. Everyone said he's going to the Chargers or Niners. It would be insane to see him go to the Niners um, and play for my team. Probably his backup quarterback because he is older. Although, backing up Jimmy would be weird. Uh, <laughs> to have the reversal, but just absolutely insane. I'm excited for a NFL free agency podcast and NHL one this year because we are actually going to be running on July 1st instead of July 17th when the show started last year. Just absolutely insane. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the draft will be good. Uh, I will have a draft show for the NBA and again, March Madness and all that stuff to break down. But I'm really excited again for football next year uh, with all of the stuff and all the news coming out of it. Um, like, there's all this stuff with uh, the Cardinals agreeing to a three-year deal, $45 million with Humphreys. Uh, um, apparently, um, there's allegations, whatever. Um, oh, there's a big story here before. Not Good thing I talked about football because I'm really excited. Uh, with um, Miles Garrett being reinstated um, to from his indefinite suspension for the hit to the head of uh, Mason Rudolph. He's reinstated for next year. So he only lasted like, I don't know when they played. They played not too long ago. So he was only like out for like six or seven games of Bengals football, maybe less. But um, just shows the NFL is being a little bit soft and Roger Goodell has to really uh, change that. It's Roger Good- Yeah. Robert Kraft is the owner. Yeah. Roger Goodell has to... Should have been more hard-ass on them. And it's kind of a disappointment um, in that regard. Because um, it's just insane how he was indefinitely suspended. And then was only... Like, let him go. Like within the end of the season they didn't give them at least a full year ban which is kind of a disappointment because the altercation does cause safety issues and like you see and again we go back to the suspension part with Rafi Torres and you see um, you see that um, stuff where he got kicked out of hockey and whatever 
I guess it's sports sports year, I guess you could say, from the beginning of the hockey season. Hasn't been good. The Astros, which I'm just going to talk about next real quick because I just remembered about them with all these cheating scandals. Um, you have the NHL with the whole coaches thing. Then you have the Mason Rudolph hit, hit whatever, uh, hit to the head. Then you have, um, you know, the Zach Cassian kick. And then you have, like, the Astros cheating cheating on top of that and whatnot. There's just been a lot of strange shit that's evolved in this, in this sports season. that it ha- Some of it hasn't even happened. And by some of it, I just mean the Astros stuff, but it's just insane. Anyways, getting the Astros. So, after, I think I talked about the one-year ban in the 40 games beforehand. But, yeah, no, just more recurring to that. Um, and saying that... Houston still has all their guys together. I was talking about it with a few of my friends about it, and they were, um, they were just appalled the fact that I only thought forty games. Now I'm thinking about it. I wish that guys would get um, would get, you know, suspended on top of just the. Uh, The coaches, I mean, again, hard look on the Astros. And Francis Marquez apparently doesn't know that because he just got suspended for the whole year for um, positive test, his second positive test for performance enhancing drugs. And then you, and then Altuve, um, no one's really admitted to it. Um, and Glaber Torres believes uh, the Astros are have cheated since and just all of this negative press Mike Trout giving shit um, is what I've heard about him saying yeah well if I had known the pitches I probably could have hit like 400 and it's just not a good look on Major League Baseball and now I see the recurring things with the way that the guys really didn't like it you know in the league and whatnot. but again it's something that happened two years ago and if the MLB was going to give out supplementary discipline. It should have been the following recurring year, or it should have been shortly after through the end of the season. And if you give it in the off-season, it's not going to mean shit to most of these guys. And these guys will find jobs once again. Um, but my main argument for that is that the owner know, the owner knew and probably orchestrated some of this and then fired his coaches to look better on him. But if you're orchestrating it, there should be a ban from you from baseball like Pete Rose and all the stuff, you, you you go back to the Pete Rose stuff and whatnot with him getting suspended for betting on baseball. And now you have this. If you're changing the scheme and you're not banning the owner as well to sell the team like you've seen in other organizations and the Knicks, or I think it was the Rockets selling or something like that, you have the Knicks trying to sell the Knicks because the Knicks have been bad. No selling there. It's just rough for base for sports as a whole. That has been the 18th episode of the Zaya Spidey Cast. Thank you all for listening. Follow it, subscribe it, tell all of your friends. Maybe don't tell all of your friends. I'm a pretty lonely guy, so if I told my friends, it'd only be like five people. Anyways, I'll be back soon. The rest of this week. Thank you for listening again. See you later.